0: It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. The number one question we're getting today on Twitter, so I figure I will start with that, is when will the mornings at MLive with Jeff Barrett be available as a video and or podcast? Both will be available probably Friday. Uh, The other exciting news is that Jeff and I are going to be starting a podcast, or I will be on a podcast that he's starting, on Monday. So look for a new podcast with he and I starting on Monday, which I'm very excited about. So without that, or with that, and without further ado... That's what I'm trying to say. Let's get going. It's the Everything is Marketing Podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulker and we are at day two of CES, the consumer electronics show for 2016 and lots of cool stuff on the showroom floor of Las Vegas. Uh, but the the theme really is, and we've talked about it here, lots of people have been talking about it for about a year, is the idea of the Internet of Things. Well, the Internet of Things is officially here. You're seeing refrigerators that have cameras in them. You're seeing refrigerators that can send you a list of things that you need inside of them so when you're at a store, you can fill them up properly. You're seeing shoes that are smart. There are smart belts. Lots of smart things. What will be interesting when you're dealing with the smart things, the other really, uh, as an aside, the other really awesome thing is Oculus Rift went for pre-order yesterday. It is $1,000 cheaper than it was going to be estimated so it is 599 as opposed to $5. Fifteen ninety nine, dollars 99 uh, which is amazing. So, cannot wait to see that. That will drop in March, so we're going to start to see how we use Oculus Rift um, with gaming first, and then we'll start to see how it interacts with Facebook and 360 Video since they're owned by the same company. Facebook owns Oculus Rift. Um, lots of really... That's probably my favorite thing right now from CES. I can tell why you would be excited about the Internet of Things, and I'll talk about that in a second, but for me, uh, Oculus Rift in reality, five ninety nine in pre-order right now coming out in March is super, super exciting back to the Internet of Things. Here's where this is going to get gnarly. It's super exciting to talk about this Jetsons world that we live in where the refrigerator is going to tell you what to do. An oven will cook a chicken without you telling it what to do. It's just going to be smart about that stuff. Your shoes are going to feed data to your uh, whatever device you have, and you will be able to interact with said data and do that. All of that stuff is interesting. All of that stuff is fun. From a marketing perspective, though, it seems to be a bit of a nightmare. Why? Well, the question becomes, how are you going to get all of things to talk together. Why do I say that? Well, I say that because you might be super excited right now until your thermostat needs its own app. Your refrigerator needs its own app. Your oven needs its own app. Your sink needs its own app. Your bathroom needs its own app. The shower needs its own app. Your car needs its own. When you've got 67 apps to run everything in your house, that is not going to be a very fun experience. That is going to be what we've been talking about. A highly friction filled experience and make this whole internet of things not very fun. We need to come up with a way and somebody has a billion needs to have a billion dollar idea where you can get the internet of things to become in a single entity, uh, a life app if you will. Feel free to use that if, if you can figure out how to get all the things or talk together, I should say. Uh, but that's what's going on at CES. And that's what people are talking about. They're talking about essentially two things. The Internet of Things, all of these pieces, there's um, the alcoholic Keurig is part of the Internet of Things. These refrigerators are the ovens, all of that stuff. And then the other thing is, of course, drones. People are super excited about drones still. And there's lots of uses for drones. I'm a little perplexed what the use of the giant consumer drone that goes 50 miles an hour is going to be. But that is a thing. The other thing, is the driverless cars. But we're still a ways away from that. We're going to be at the Detroit Auto Show, the North American International Auto Show, next week. So I'll get a closer look at some of the driverless cars and see where we are as far as driverless cars. But the CEO of Ford was on stage yesterday just saying, look, it's a super difficult task to come up with a driverless car and figure out how to get them on the road and figure out how to interact with uh, actual cars driven by human beings. The other driverless cars, again, when we go back to the Internet of Things, all of these driverless cars need to be self-aware of not only themselves, But then aware of all of the other things in the universe. And there's lots of things to tackle in order to get that to be good to go. So I would say three or five years till that's a reality. And I believe that's what he said. It's just, it's a really difficult thing. The technology is fun. I love the fact that Netflix has a special screen. I believe it was for Chevrolet that you can watch uh, How to Make a Murderer on your car ride to work because the car is going to drive itself, but that's not going to happen this year. That's part of the fun of CES, but that's also part of the bummer because you see all this cool stuff and it's not ready for consumer use just yet. We're not at driverless cars just yet. We are getting closer. Really, really close. And you could tell with some of the uh, stuff coming out of CES that the auto industry is excited about this idea. But again, if we go back to a year ago when we're in Mackinac and we're talking to some of the heads of these organizations in the auto industry, letting you know that the fleet, meaning all the cars in the United States, are still around 10 to 12 years old, we've got a ways to go before the entire world is driving around in driverless cars. So that's going to be a slow go. The rest of this technology, though, is ready to be out and ready to be consumed. So the Internet of Things is going to be in people's hands right now. If you haven't already experienced that, lots of people will be experiencing it in the first quarter, if not the second quarter. The other thing that you are uh, noticing a lot of people doing right now is what we've been talking about for six months, which is jumping on Snapchat. There are a lot of new people in Snapchat, so I wanted to take a minute. Uh, Snapchat announced that they're working on an API, which is really exciting. What does that mean? Well, it means you no longer have to have uh, somebody else purchase, essentially, uh, an ad campaign versus, via Snapchat. You can use their API much like you would for Facebook or Twitter. They have not finished it yet, so it's not, you can't jump in and use it, so calm down. But lots of people are entering the platform and lots of people are starting to experiment. Here is what I would caution you. We're in an era, and having Jeff Barrett here this morning, I think puts you in a certain mindset. We are in an era where we are still not focusing on merely selling, especially when you're in the social space. You're not selling, you're connecting. It's that Chuck D quote that uh, was in Fast Company last month that I love, that if I was into getting another tattoo, this this is probably the thing I would tattoo. It is the idea that Chuck D says where somebody has to buy into you They have to buy into you before they're going to buy from you. So when you're jumping into these new platforms... Understand that you're playing a long game. You're not playing a short game because I'm starting to see people do really, really terrible advertising, putting up phone numbers for businesses in Snaps. That is not what you're supposed to be doing in Snapchat. It's certainly not what you're supposed to be doing in Snapchat stories. You're supposed to be telling a story. You're supposed to be offering value. You're supposed to be creating content that people are interested in and that they want to consume. You are in a long game. Snapchat has been around for a minute. I know that. But it's just starting to reach scale. And all of these people are going to jump in. And the thing about Snapchat that's different than Twitter and different than Facebook is you can't just log on and start to stumble into people. You have to discover them on a different platform. So when you put that barrier or that layer of friction in, I've taken an extra step to follow you on Snapchat. I have invested in you in Snapchat. I have trusted that you do something cool on Facebook or you do something cool on Twitter I'm going to follow you on Snapchat to see what else you do. And if what you do on Snapchat is ads in 10 and 15 second increments all day long as your story or as your photos or whatever, that's not going to work. And I'm going to unfollow you and your metrics are going to suck. So when you see a platform arrive, and by arrive, I mean people start to gravitate towards it and the uh, innovation curve starts to creep up towards mass or scale. Got to be really careful with how you are using that platform. And just because something is an ad platform doesn't mean it should be an ad platform. Just because you have the opportunity to advertise there doesn't mean you should. And you might get more mileage out of being somebody interesting than you would at being somebody who's slamming your product into people's faces over and over and over again. Because like I said, they came there because they trusted what you were doing on a different platform would translate to Snapchat. So as you are gravitating or as you are moving to Snapchat to play around with it, to become a practitioner in it, to experiment in it, make sure you're doing all of those things. And as you start to get a following, don't turn on them. When you start to run ads on Snapchat like that, uh, you know, and and you'll see it, go to Discover, you'll see some brands that just don't get it. They're putting TV commercials in the middle of stories in Discover because they don't really know what to do on the platform, and that's blatantly obvious. When you do it, though, in stories, if I've gone and I've followed you, and in the middle of that, you start doing an ad, it's old-school WWE, WWF wrestling, you've turned heel on me. And you don't want to turn heel on social unless you have a purpose for it. And I'm going to tell you that turning heel to run commercials as snaps, that's not the game here. The game here is to be someone that people find interesting, someone that people trust, and someone that people want to trust in so that they will buy either your wares, your products, your services, your information, think you're a thought leader things like that. And then you can parlay that into whatever you would like it to be. But Snapchat, just because you can advertise there doesn't mean you should, especially if you don't know what you're doing, especially if you don't know what you're doing. It's okay to be on these new platforms and not know what you're doing. In fact, I would say that's encouraged. What's not okay is to go on these new platforms and try and do what you did in a TV commercial on Snapchat to try and do what you did in a magazine on Snapchat put an ad up, and hope it connects. That's not why people are on Snapchat. And as these things happen, you know, when, when Twitter was out in 2006, you saw a whole bunch of people jumping on there and it, they were younger in nature. And then as it got bigger and bigger, it stayed in a certain demographic, but it aged a little bit. Facebook is actually a better comparison. When Facebook started, started in colleges. And then when it opened up, It started to creep older and older and older. And I believe right now the median age is 48 on Facebook. The median age on Snapchat is not 48. However, by the end of 2016, I'm going to guess the median age will be about 28 to 30. As it creeps older and older and older. And what that means is the younger end is going to drop off. And where will they go? To something else. To something else that you're going to have to figure out. To something else that you're going to have to practice on. And you're going to have to practice on that first before you start advertising. Because you want to know what you're doing there before you ruin it by playing the short game. There's lots of people out there that are telling you that you can get a million followers overnight. And that might be true. But the engagement's going to suck. And the ROI is going to suck. And the return and the trust is all going to suck. You'll have a great follower account, but who cares? If it can't convert. You convert with trust and you convert by playing a long game and you convert by giving me what I expect from you. So if you're playing with Snapchat, you're just jumping into Snapchat, play on Snapchat, have fun on Snapchat. When you get a cadence, then maybe figure out a strategy. When you figure out a strategy, invoke a campaign. When you invoke that campaign, make sure it's content focused, not spot focused, not commercial focused, content focused. Have a great day. I'm hoping to get the uh, audio version of Barrett's um, keynote up tomorrow, and then the video will be out, I'm guessing, on Monday. But we will talk tomorrow. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast.